Hey, this your boy Frank Gore. You li I'm listening to 49 of Rush Niners all day. That's Brain Sits Home, baby. Let's go. I love it, man. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with you on this Sunday morning. And maybe, perhaps, the best news that you will possibly hear today. This is the last Sunday without actual football that the 49ers will be playing in for a very, very long time. Hopefully all the way into February. Now, obviously, we got the bye week. We do have the week off before the preseason into the regular season. But we will have so much film <laughs> to break down in just one short week. You know, shout out to my Patreon subscribers for buried with us and staying with us and all those things. But here's the deal. NFL Game Pass has been down because they're completely reworking it, whatever else. that It's like the worst run thing that the NFL could possibly do. But we're going to have a new film to break down, new coaches film to break down. And that is probably what I'm most excited about. The game itself is going to be awesome. But diving into the All-22, the end zone tape, analyzing all the rookies, how they played. I don't care if it's second string, third string, fourth string, special. I don't care. We get a study. <laughs> we get to finally see our team on the field. They play Saturday. So we're close, baby. We are so close. Shout out to the Countdown crew and everybody that's joining us live across all platforms. Uh, YouTube's probably where the biggest crowd's at. Twitch, Periscope, Twitter, Facebook Live, or traditional podcast means. Just want to say thank you. And just know, we're going to be here all year. Um, this is what we do. Sundays or right after football, whatever, we're going to be here. Now, before we jump into... Not only the 49ers open practice, how that went, um, the press conferences the last few days, got some clips there. I do want to give uh, credit where credit is due and just say congratulations to John Lynch um, and all of the incoming Hall of Fame class, which this is kind of a special year because it's kind of back-to-back -back classes because of COVID and all those things. And it's incredible. You know, the Hall of... I'm a historian in general, or at least I like to study history. I wouldn't call myself a historian. Um, I am a history teacher, right, by trade, by profession, by academic study. Like, that's what I've done to earn most of the dollars that I make. And so I love history in all facets. But when you combine that with football, it just gets beautiful. Um, and I love it because, you know, you got to compare, like, who gets in, who doesn't. All right, you compare a running back versus a linebacker or a wide receiver versus a D lineman. And it just gets so fun because there's no even bar. You know, it's not just all pros. It's not just championships. It's not just, you know, whatever. It's all these different things. And so let me just say this. When one person gets into the Hall of Fame, and in this case, John Lynch, so happy and very, very glad. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome for him and his family and people have been around him. He changed the game. He was one of the best of his position, all those things. There's lots more people that should be in there. Um, not necessarily in, in spite of John Lynch. That's not what I'm saying at all. People in are deserving. 
and don't take away from to promote your idea. Having said all those things, there's three Niners that I believe have to be in the Hall of Fame and have been wronged by the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Patrick Willis, for sure. Roger Craig, first 1,000-1,000. And George Seifert. I, I, I don't understand how George Seifert's not in the Hall of Fame. And I get, like, whatever. He was the DC for all those Super Bowls, whatever else. But those three are beyond deserving. All the people that are in, congratulations. You know, the, when Megatron got in, uh, Calvin Johnson, I think he deserves it. I think he should be in there. Whenever you look at his stats and, you know, his kind of what he did his career versus that of Patrick Willis, you're sitting there saying Patrick Willis superseded him in everything that he did. Uh, why isn't he in? They both deserve to be in. And I think they both will get in. Um Anyway, I just want to say it's awesome. Again, congrats to John Lynch and his family. But, man, I'm sitting here just holding back like, hey, we got at least three. There's more. But I think those three, you cannot argue against those three not being in the Hall of Fame, whether you look at stats, accomplishments, changing the game, impact on the game. It doesn't matter. They check every bar. So, eventually, I think all three will get in. Um Patrick Willis will be the first one in for sure. Then I think Roger Craig, I could see Seifert being like, you know, one of the uh, forget legacies that get in uh, is what they call uh, all those things. So anyway, that's what we got. Do you want to say, <laughs> Aaron Rubin, I love this. Did you get a chance to see DJ Jones quarterback film? He's hilarious, first off. And they should have a camera on DJ Jones at all time because he is a rare, skilled athlete that's very, very athletic in a big man's body. I remember watching his film. I think it was Ole Miss. Yeah. And just say it out like the dude is 300 plus pounds, 300 plus pounds, but he plays like a strong safety because his footwork and his hips and his agility, they're all there. And so, yeah, you see a lot of that, which is really, really cool. Um, anyway, uh, Shot J, he says, what's up, brother? Thank you and Daniel again for the chance to attend Levi's yesterday. That is awesome. Shot J was the winner of we gave away four tickets to the open practice, which is what we're going to be talking about mostly today. Um, he said, also made sure to rep Trey Lance jersey and the podcast with my Beat, uh, beat by Trey shirt. Love it, man. That is absolutely incredible. And I want to say thank you. Uh, to everybody that made it to the open practice, 19,000 fans came out to the open practice at Levi. My inbox was packed. It was awesome with so many different game clips on Twitter and email. And I just want to say thank you. I, I love the fact that you you paid. You took the time out of your schedule to go watch this practice and have a great time and then share it with the community. Well, that's what we're all about. Like, we are here for each other, and we're going to talk about that a lot today. So just want to say thank you again to everybody that shared pictures and clips and stories with me uh, just about the open practice. It, this was the first time, the first time since the NFC Championship game where we routed the Packers in 2019 to have fans in the stand stands in Santa Clara. And that's just a, a testament to what we've been through. I mean, we're, we're what eight months away from getting kicked out of our own stadium and have to go play in another state, right? So we've come a long ways. We're not where we should be yet. And obviously there's, you know, rising numbers and all that stuff, but you need to celebrate the victories. And this was a victory. Fans watching our team, that's a win. <laughs> that's a great thing. Um, so 
let's jump into some of the things that we have to talk about. And I, I can see Brandon, he's already in here. Brandon, I already got two questions down for you in this podcast, buddy. So you're going to be talked about a lot. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, he's one of the Patreon subscribers. And he's been putting forth some really good work and questions to kind of get the conversation going about quarterbacks. And so let's talk about the quarterback non-competition, as Kyle Shanahan deemed it at the start of training camp, um, and has continued to reiterate there, there is not a competition here. So let let's talk briefly about how they performed on Saturday, which wasn't really that great to be honest with you. Both struggled. Then we're going to transition into the you know Lance versus Jimmy talk and how the quarterbacks is going to play out and trades and all those you know different things that we can guess about. We're going to do that. But before we do that, let's focus. How did they do most recently? How did they do in the most game ready environment with this roster that they have had yet today? It's not practice. Um, and they did uh, move the ball, period. Each one of them got two um, drives where basically they start the ball off on the 20 and you move the ball. If you get a first down, you keep going. If you don't, you don't. That's kind of what it is. Very game-like situation. Jimmy struggled, but still decent. He went 15 of 24 and threw one touchdown in team. This is from Matt Barrows. Um, he had two possessions to move the ball, and both were successful. The first possession, he drove all the way down to the 10-yard line, uh, got into the red zone, but then Jason Verrett had a pass breakup to uh, kind of close out that series. So they walked away with no points. The second possession, he kind of went off. Eight for 13, um, and had a touchdown pass to George Kittle versus uh, Diamador Lenore, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. He's been struggling, but a lot of those clips where people are sending of all kinds of different players, whether it's Sherfield or Kittle or you know Austin Watkins or whatever. A lot of them are against Debo. He's a rookie. He, they didn't draft him to start right away, and we knew that, but he is struggling a little bit. Now, how did Trey Lance do? Probably his worst practice to date. Um, he went 10 for 19 with one interception. Now, he did move the ball well, had some very successful pass plays, um, and you know whenever they did the move the ball he went three for eight and that was kind of the rough one and it ended on an interception you, you could say well it's not really his fault the ball bounced off of both hands of elijah mitchell the rookie um into the hands of marcel harris and that's how that ended so you know i, I think if you look at what trey lance has done which i think you know i'd, I'd have to look at the practices the, the amount of practices they've had but i think they've gone through eight or nine he's thrown two interceptions total He's protected the ball extremely well. But there still are some issues there. There's no doubt about that. Um, and again, this is what you see with rookies. Whether it's Ambry Thomas, Diamador Lenore, Trey Lance, Aaron Banks, Talanoa Hufanga, it doesn't matter. Consistency is what rookies struggle with. Trey Sermon, throw him in there, of course, as well. Consistency. You're going to see flashes. And that and that's what we get during training camp, right? You get one beat reporter or fan that gets a perfect pass of Trey Lance deep to whomever, and everybody's like, oh, and, and I get it. It's exciting. I'm as excited as anybody when Trey Lance does anything. He could tie his damn shoes, and I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> that's the way we do it. Like, that's the stance we're in. And that's a good place to be. Hope is a great thing. So stay, I feel like I'm Andy Dufresne channeling my Andy Dufresne, right? Uh, hope is a beautiful thing. The one thing they can't take away. Uh, shout out to, uh, anyway, Cardinals fans. But the idea is this. Excitement for Trey Lance is everything. 
and we should maintain that. But not at the expense, again, kind of back to what we were talking about. I didn't have this in my notes. Back to the whole idea with the Hall of Fame conversation. Just because you want to elevate Patrick Willis doesn't mean you have to tear down Calvin Johnson. That's not how things work. That's how social media works, right? That's how middle school arguments in the locker room work. That, that's how you know toxic relationships and logic and maybe even in the courtroom work. That's not the way communities in real life work. And obviously, you can tell what I'm saying about that. Just because you love Trey Lance, which I do, does not mean you have to tear down Jimmy Garoppolo. That's not it. They're not mutually exclusive. You can like them both. You know, half, maybe not half. I don't want to say half. A large portion of 49ers fans, I, I tweeted this out. It picked up some good traction, I thought. A large portion of 49ers fans want Trey Lance to start. A large portion of 49ers fans want Jimmy Garoppolo to start. I think that context and looking back and forward at the same time, I'm just really happy we have two good QBs. Yeah, we, we've lost three out of four seasons because a quarterback has got hurt. Really, two out of three. We don't have to worry about that anymore. That's not an issue. Name another team in the NFL that has two stud quarterbacks. And yeah, I'm calling Jimmy Garoppolo a stud. The dude was in the Super Bowl. At worst, he's an above average quarterback. Even if you hate Jimmy Garoppolo, and there's a lot of you here, I love you still. You've got to admit, the dude wins games. And you say, oh, well, not him, not him, not him. Okay, that's cool. Why can't we win games without him? And so you got to find a way. And I get social media. It's like a freaking, it's like a monster, man, that just forces people to pick sides and tear down and all those things. Screw that biz. No, no, no. That's not who we are. <laughs> we're not faithful to Trey Lance, right? Uh, we're faithful to the team. Uh, be a part of the team. Now, having said all those things, let's listen to the head coach himself. And this is probably the clip of the day. And we're going to talk about that. It's a little bit of a longer clip. This wasn't from Saturday. This was from the day before. When asked about Trey Lance playing time in 2021, and it's got all the sound bites, and I wanted to play the unabridged clip so that you get all of it, okay? Uh, I believe the question that set this off was, are you a little hesitant to talk about Trey Lance starting? Uh, this is the question posed to Kyle Shanahan because of the media, okay? So, again, uh, pause what you're doing. Uh, don't pause this, but <laughs> pay attention to this because this is probably the most, like, rich minute-and-a-half segment of this whole podcast. Here we go. Here's Kyle on Lance playing in 2021, the whole clip. I think i got to be conscious of it when talking to you guys. You know, I understand that that's the thing everyone wants to hear about and everyone wants to know each day how practice went and is where is he, are they competing, all that stuff, and but it's very easy for me when I'm not talking to you guys because it is it is what I'm trying to articulate. Like, you're just putting in an offense. Guys go out there and play football, and I know it sounds coach cliche, but, I mean, the twos in every group are trying to surpass the ones, and I see Trey the same way. Yes, it's a quarterback position. I mean, everyone is looking at that, but we're in a situation where I don't, don't see them competing. I see, um, you know, Trey's going to play for us this year. I mean, whether it's... I know you guys are all running to Twitter on that, but, like, I mean, that situationally, he's going to get plays. Like, that doesn't mean that he's going to go be a starter or anything. He's going to get plays, and you got to prepare him for that every way possible. Every receiver who makes our team is going to play this year. Um, I know it's different, but when you have quarterbacks with different skill sets and stuff, it kind of makes it easier for me to look at it similar to other positions, and that's why I don't think it's a problem on our team, and it's not a problem in there when we're discussing what we want to do. 
there's so much there. Uh, <laughs> so much there to talk away. First off, Trey Lance is going to play. Okay, that's good. Initially, there were some rumors that, hey, we're going to do a Taysom Hill package or something along those lines. I don't think that's what it is. Um, Taysom Hill's different, whatever else. I, I don't even think that they fit um, all those things. I don't even want to enter into that. They're not even the same players. They're not... They play the same position, kind of, but it's not like Taysom Hill. Don't under, don't look at it in that context. You're going to be safe if you do. But they are doing running plays with the quarterback and their simple zone read plays. All those things. And this question comes from Brandon S., one of the Patreon guys. He says, I think the two quarterback. these are Brandon's words, and I agree with a lot of what he has to say here. I think the two quarterback system is genius. Use the obscurity about Trey Lance as a competitive advantage by introducing a new package each week that there's no film on. Be able to ease him into the role, showcase Jimmy for a trade, and use him to help us win games. Now, again, I was hesitant to this idea, but I get it. I totally understand. And here's why. There, there's several reasons why I think this is great news. One, from a defensive coaching perspective, you hate this crap. Not knowing what you're going against and what you're preparing for it's twice as much work for the coaches. I've been in those rooms. And it's like, man, we don't know if this kid's going to play who's a mobile quarterback or, you know, a statue in the pocket quarterback. You change all of your defensive rules. You change them all. You change your pressures, all right? He's mobile, but he doesn't like throwing, you know, going to his left, all right? So that means we're going to bring pressure off of the defensive right side to force him to run against his, you know, all these different things. You're talking coverages, okay? Um, it's a mobile quarterback, so we've got to be able to stay with our integrity in the zone or whatever longer because, again, plays break down, all those things. Whereas if it's a pocket quarterback, you're telling them those first second and a half is the most important. Trust your initial reads. All the, It just changes. So now what happens when you're running scout team that week? You have two scout team quarterbacks, right? So you put special jerseys on those uh, scout team quarterbacks for your defense, and you're swapping them in and out. And, you know, it's just one more thing that the defense has to account and think for and plan for. And when defenses start thinking and think too much, that's where they start to hesitate. And so all of those things have to factor into the equation. And so that's one thing. Okay, cool. But I don't think that's the big thing. The big thing is this. And the best way I could probably explain this is organic uh, is the word that comes to mind. Natural flow, right? Or I don't think that's a definition of organic, but that's what comes to mind. The idea is this. Lance will determine, he's the driving force in all this, Lance will determine how much work in games he gets. You start off week one against the Lions, which are a very, very bad team. Sorry, Don. I see you in there, Don Burr. Shout out to my, my friend there. Still waiting on that bet, buddy. Reach out to me. Um, you, you give them one to two series, one, one series per half. That's it. Or just a couple plays per half. See how they succeed. If they do, you bump them up a little bit. And what you're doing is just providing a nice little safety net for Trey Lance to where you're not overbearing him. When, when a team comes out and says, oh, rookie quarterback starter, no questions asked, awesome, that's great because they're going to get all the reps and all those things and whatever else. But what if? What if it is Mitch Trubisky? What if? What if it is those things? There's no safety net. You're throwing somebody in with the Wolves. This allows him to almost have a thermostat, right? Ah, maybe too much. All right, let's back him off a little bit. Man, he could handle a lot more. Okay, let's bump it up. And so 
What this does, again, just a very organic feel that allows Trey Lance to determine, based on his success on the field in game time situations, how much of the game plan he can handle, how much of the pressure he can handle, how many plays he can handle, all those things. And it takes a little bit off of Jimmy Garoppolo. And here's what I mean by that. Jimmy just gets to go do his thing. He doesn't have to worry about losing the job and whatever else. That's not what this is about. You've got these two great quarterbacks. And again, you get to treat it a little bit like most other positions. You know, Steve Spurrier is about the only damn quarterback coach or head coach that just had no problem benching QBs and switching them out like every other position. The old ball coach. Um, He was my dad's favorite coach. He would always talk about him. Um, And so, like... I think that you get to treat it a little bit more like that. And while showcasing Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Because the trade market is still there. And that's going to lead us into our next question. But before we do, I do want to say thank you to Charlie. What's up, Charlie? Uh, Appreciate the gift, my good friend. He says, great stream. Um, Do you remember the Jim Tom Sula fart press conference? I sure do. Um, I feel like... You know, Men in Black, like the, I don't know, Nebulizer or whatever they call it, where they like wipe the memories clear. I feel like a lot of 49ers fans showed up in 2019. And that's this what happens. Like we went on this historic run, 9-0, and dominating everybody, blowing teams out of the building and playoffs and all this stuff. And so people bandwagon and joined that. Success brings, it's what it is. And I feel like a lot of our fans don't remember what it was like with Tom Sula and Chip Kelly, right? Um, it just got, it was Mike Singletary. It was bad. It, you, and again, there's a whole nother fan base for the 49ers that jumped on with the Harbaugh Kaepernick, you know, whatever, period. And they don't remember Dennis Erickson ruining a dynasty. And so, Charlie, yeah, I remember that. I'm trying my hardest to forget it. But I think a lot of our fans and a lot of people that listen to these podcasts, they weren't here for those things. And so they don't remember. We we didn't talk about football then, right? We, we talked about a head coach passing gas and not knowing what the hell he was talking about for 30 minutes. And just everybody would just walk out of the press conference and just be like, what the hell did he just say? What are we even talking about? <laughs> like, I mean... We are in the end game, if you will. Like, <laughs> we, We're lucky to be where we are. And again, provide context. Thank you, uh, Charlie. And scope into where we are now. Yes, every team wants to be in the Super Bowl every year. And that's, where, that's our goal. However, um, you have to realize where they are and where we have come from. We are lucky right now. Not only do we have a quarterback, we have two quarterbacks. We're great. Uh, like we, we have plenty of salary cap space moving forward. We, we have the best tight end. We have the best linebacker. We have the best one of the best defensive ends. We have the best fullback. Like we have the best left tackle. We have one of the best offensive play callers. We have a very healthy and cooperative locker room and culture. Look at the Giants. Oh my gosh. They've had three players retire in three days. Because it's just such a toxic environment there from the head coach to you have the offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. How the hell he's an offensive coordinator again? I have no idea. Telling the media to call me coach. And like, oh, we're so lucky right now. Yeah, Nolan. uh, (laughs) I see you guys throwing all those things in there. And, oh, man, I love it. I love it. So, 
you know, it's interesting to say the least. And I, I think that it is important to just put things into perspective. Um, Terrell, he has a question here I want to talk about before we talk a little more QBs. What are the rules regarding non-vaccinated players and their ability to negatively impact vaccinated players? It's it's almost opposite um, of, of what the way you stated that. Non-vaccinated players, they get themselves in trouble from vaccinated players. So the main importance, and we just saw this, um, not with our team, but with Washington, was it Washington? No, sorry, the Vikings. Again, another team that's just an absolute mess. One quarterback who was vaccinated got COVID. And I don't want to turn this into a COVID debate. I want to focus on football and how this impacts much to Terrell's question. Um, so one player who was vaccinated got COVID, okay? Um, he was fine, no issues, whatever else. But because he was a quarterback in the quarterback room with unvaccinated players, they all had to step out. A la Kirk Cousins. They had no quarterbacks in practice. So the problem is non-vaccinated players will be missing time this year, period, paragraph, as my mom would always say. That's just what's happening. They're going to miss time. If you're not vaccinated, I don't care who you are. Nick is not vaccinated. He's missing time this year. He's going to. Chances are very, very high, especially with the numbers. You get one close contact, which you have to wear a tracker with you the whole time, or it's like a $50,000 fine if you refuse to wear it for one day. Um, so like, yeah, the, it's going to happen. Um, unvaccinated people are going to miss time. That's all there is. It's just what it is. It's what it is. Now back to this question and here, here's question number two from Brandon. Um, I think it's unlikely. And the, this is Brandon's question here, but if Jimmy G did get traded before the season opener, how would you use that 27 million in cap space? So again, I, I'm with you. I don't think that it would happen. And two, it's actually not twenty-seven million. It'd be twenty-five million that we would save. So part partial, uh, some of the roster's already been paid out um, for training camp and things like that. So he's already paid two million. So twenty-five million dollars in cap saving just in twenty twenty-one. And I don't think they would use that cap space for this year. It'd be rolled forward. I think this is also another reason why they're not going to trade him unless they get a crazy haul. You're talking a first rounder. So unless they get a crazy deal, which again, a lot of people keep like tagging the Texans or the Colts, those are not trade opportunities, guys. They're not trade partners. Why? The Colts, again, we talked about this. They have Carson Wentz locked up for four more years. Why would you trade for another $20 million plus quarterback when they're not in a, oh, let's salvage this one year and give away so much? No, no. If they do, they'd bring Phillip Rivers out of retirement. Um, they trade for, you know, a, a low cost Somebody like um, Mariota, they're not going after Jimmy Garoppolo. The Houston Texans, why would they trade for an expensive quarterback now when they have Tyrod Taylor and they drafted Davis Mills in the third round and they're clearly rebuilding? It makes no sense. So whenever you see people like tagging and like, oh, man, we should trade. No, the only team that would trade for Jimmy Garoppolo is a team that thinks they have a Super Bowl chance now and they have a veteran quarterback with an expiring contract that is hurt. That's it. That's it. So you're talking about a quarterback on the last year of his deal or a rookie deal or something like that. So pay attention. I, I get it's easy, and I get you can get clicks. And I, I get that. And I know a lot of people, that's what they're out for. That's not reality. <laughs> so it isn't happening. But back to the 49ers and what we would do if and when Jimmy gets traded. Eventually he will. Did you know that you can now win up to 100 
times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. You can turn $10 into 1000 with basketball, hockey, college basketball entries today on prize picks, America's number one fantasy sports app. And here's what's great. It, it, you can get action on sports on more than 30 different states across the country, including California, Texas, and Georgia. On top of that, you got playoff basketball actions on the horizon, and this is the best place to take advantage of all of basketball's postseason actions. Some of these player props. Nikolai Jokic for over 10 rebounds. Anthony Davis more than two blocks. Lillard, four three-pointers made. You get to pick exactly how you want to use your bets. So download the app today. Use code 49ers49ERS for a deposit match up to $100. Again, that's promo code 49ers for a first deposit matchup up to $100 over on prize picks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Uh, here's, here's your priorities, okay? Extend Debo. That's that's up because he was a second-round pick, so he doesn't get the fifth-year option that first-round picks get. He'd be number one. Um, center, if Mac hangs it up next year. Um, and then corners and pass rushers. Like, those are it. That's where you got to be. And I, I I know some people are over there like, well, we just drafted two corners. Yeah, but if Verrett leaves, you know, if, if Kwan Williams leaves, you're not going to have any depth or veteran presence. And so definitely those are the positions that I would say roll that money into. But again, we, we got some time for that one for sure. Paul, appreciate the gift, man. He says, with the emergence of Dwelly and Camp, and he has been incredible. We talked about that last episode if you missed it. Um, and it being a contract year for him, it's weird how those things always go together. How could that impact the news slash importance of wide receiver depth past the fourth guy? Well, I don't think it's so much Dwelly because what Dwelly brings is blocking and just versatility. He can play fullback, you play tight end, he can do the receiving tight end, he can do the blocking tight end, he can do it all. I, I think that probably Jordan Matthews who is now our fourth tight end, that impacts the wide receiver depth just a little bit more, Paul. Because again, Jordan Matthews can kind of do what wide receivers do, um, but a bigger body. So I don't think Dwelly affects it too much. Um, I think that Jordan Matthews making this roster does impact it a little bit more. That's the one that I think would be huge. And we're going to be talking about some wide receivers here in a second. But before we do, I got some exciting news. Here we go. 
So excited, guys. We have worked so hard for this, and all the details are finally finished and coming together. The 49ers Rush Road Trip for our Philly game, which is going to be week two. So that's Saturday, September 18th, the night before the game. We are going to be meeting up at the Drinker's Pub, which I freaking love it. I mean, if you've ever been to Philly or, again, uh, shout out to It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, the pub is the heart of philadelphia it's just what it is so we have this place is awesome i've been there before it's only a few short blocks away from our hotel we're staying at the awesome warwick hotel in Renton house square come join us we have the second floor all to ourselves we've got pool tables we got multiple tvs for college football on we've got giveaways raffles we have our own bar service and food service it's gonna be an absolute blast hang out drink but more importantly come for the community it's going to be 49ers fans flying in from all over the place. From 6.30 to 9.30, if you want to go party out afterwards, that's cool. But again, we're going to be hanging out there for a long time. So head over to 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Click on Philly. This is week two, okay? And buy your tickets there. They're 25 bucks, and everything that we bring in through the website, it's going back to giveaways. I've bought multiple jerseys, giveaways, autograph memorabilia. So whenever you come in, you're going to get raffle tickets, all those things. We're going to be doing trivia, lots of stuff, lots of ways just to have a blast with people that you want to hang out with. So head over there. Again, this is the Drinker's Pub Saturday, and we're staying at the Warwick Hotel. By the way, we still have discount rate available for hotels at the Warwick Hotel in Renton House Square. It's one of the best historic hotels in Philly, and you get to save about 50 bucks a night if you go over there and book it. So uh, if you haven't got tickets yet, you need to get over there, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. Again, this is for week two. Let's go, baby. Have some fun with us. And I, I get a lot of emails and questions about the uh, – so we're doing week two. We're doing the Chicago on Halloween weekend, and then we're doing Los Angeles week 18, which is all the way in January. I have solidified everything for all three trips, and a lot of questions I get are, hey, when's the L.A. hotel going to be up? I Contract has been sent over, signed. I'm waiting for them to populate a link and give us all that stuff. So, again, look for that to be up in about a week or so. But, again, man, this is going to be – I put way too much time in this, but it's going to be a good time, and I know it's going to be worth it for all those that have come out. So just want to say share that with your friends. If you know people are coming, come out, party with us. Uh, we will be selling tickets at the door, but they're probably going to cost just a little bit more because I'm going to have to pay somebody to be at the door swiping cards and all that kind of stuff, which I don't want to do, but I know it's kind of the way things go. Anyway, uh, let's move on. I want to talk a little bit more secondary now, and we're going to hear from the new defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, because... I think that the secondary throughout, again, about eight or nine practices of training camp, we're halfway through, the secondary continues to be not, not necessarily the weakness, but the thing that's most alarming. And a lot of it's the depth, okay? So Jimmy Ward, Jason Verrett, and Kwan Williams, they have all been as advertised. They are the veteran starters, leaders in that back group, and they're great. But that's three of five spots. We're missing a safety spot, right? <laughs> because Tarvarius Moore, uh, Achilles, and then Jaquaski Tart, all that kind of stuff. Where the other corner, Emmanuel Mosley, was out on COVID, right? And so we've been working lots of people in there. Well, Emmanuel Mosley finally cleared the concussion or the COVID protocol, which is awesome. And he got his very first practice out there, and it was huge. His very first team rep, whenever he got out there, pass breakup against Debo. 
absolutely awesome. So uh, here is the defensive coordinator just talking about E-Man and what it means to have Emmanuel Mosley back out there on the field. E-Man has looked pretty good uh, coming back. Uh, he's, he's done a great job. He's hopped, hopped back then. He made a play yesterday. You just see, at, you know, see where he fits. He's just a, he's a great player for us. He's done a great job, and I just love the way he came out, had great energy, just showed his love for football, showed it's all about having fun and making plays. So I love the energy that he brought to us and happy to have uh, E-Man back. His presence is, is felt. Happy to see him back out there. It's a big difference. And I know there were a lot of people that when we drafted Ambry Thomas, they were like, oh, Ambry's going to be beating out E-Man for that starting job. Uh, pump your brakes. Uh, and that's not necessarily anything about what Ambry Thomas has or has not done. Emmanuel Mosley, he's a player. And he's got a lot of starts underneath his belt. And he's he's so consistent, guys. Consistency is so much when you're coaching and deciding who to put out there. It's not about the flash plays. That's not you don't go into personnel and depth chart decisions thinking, oh, this one player can do this one thing better than the others. That's not what you do. No, no, no. Especially as a quarter. Who's gonna get us beat? Who's gonna be there consistently that we don't have to worry about? That's what it is. And that's Emmanuel Mosley. He he's gonna be there. And we need more of what he brings to the table. Now the safety position. Again, Tart's been out. Tart finally cleared COVID protocol, but he's on the pup list because his toe, uh, he's still got that turf toe, which has been around for a few years now. Just been a struggle. But Tavon Wilson has been starting. NFL journeyman. He's been all over the place. He's been good. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not trying to say, like, oh, whatever else. But he's a backup. He's on this team to be a backup. And as long as he is our starter, that's not necessarily a good thing. Then we got Tony Jefferson, longtime NFL vet. That we brought in as well. A lot of people think he's going to be a starter. Well, guess what? He hasn't taken one rep with the first team defense yet. And that's from Lombardi over at the Athletics. So we've, I think safety is a bigger concern. Now you have Talanoa Hufanga who's been playing very, very well. And I think he's going to be a special teams ace. But I'm a little worried about that strong safety spot. Now if Tart comes back, obviously the experience, all those things, um, that's going to be great. But there's issues. And Diamador Lenore, who we've talked about, man, he's been struggling. <laughs> he's been struggling. And again, like, gave up the touchdown against Kittle. Why is he covering Kittle? He's getting with some work with the ones. They rotate. DBs rotate. They're not like the offensive line that just stays out there nonstop. And with all the corners that have been hurt, like, they're going to be moving. Um, they're going to be moving. I love the discussion that's taking place uh, on YouTube. Uh, we have a resident Lions fan in here, Don Burr. Shout out, man. And he always brings a lot of ruckus with him, and that's okay. David just gave a gift. Thank you, David. Um, all for uh, my brother Luke, who's going at it. This is incredible. If you are a person that listens on traditional podcast methods, Head over to our YouTube channel. Just type in John Chapman or 40 Hours Rush. Click on today's video and just scroll through the chat. <laughs> because it's pretty good, man. Uh, there's some good stuff in there. and it's, it's it's fun to go through my notes and to keep talking about all these things. But, man, there, there's there's some beefing going on. I love it. I love it. Um, stay strong, Don. I believe in you, man. I believe in you. Uh, don't believe in your team at all, especially week one, the Lions. They're going to be destroyed. The largest spread week one is still the 49ers versus the Lions. So uh, we'll wait and see. I'm sure Jared Goff is going to hold things together with y'all's amazing wide receiver core, though. All right, um, let's talk about the D-line. 
because the D-line has been getting a lot of days off. A lot of days off. Um, Bosa, Armstead, Kinlaw, uh, Sam Abakum, all of them have missed practice time, a lot of time off. And, you know, some of them are precaution, whatever else. Some of them we don't know anything about. But D'Amico was asked, he was asked a two-part question. And he kind of answered it interestingly. The first question was like, man, you're missing a lot of defensive line starters. Two, how has this kind of um, move the ball period, this game type open practice, um, helped the defense? And so here's the DC. And I, a couple of reasons why I like this clip so much and chose to include this. I, was, I, I wasn't sure how to categorize it or title it. But it kind of lets you into a little bit more of what D'Amico looks for as a coach and kind of what his philosophy is. I think uh, the move the ball periods where it was good, it's much needed. And a lot of times you're going through scripted periods and guys get get honed in on just those particular plays and stopping. But it's really good to get to move the ball. It's kind of to simulate real football as much as possible without taking guys to the ground. So uh, much needed for the defense. I thought we came out, we did some good things, did some things not so well. There's some things always to improve on and get better at. So I think it's just a good start for us today. Things are going well, and things are good for this defense. And anytime you get team-type situations going, you're going to learn a lot of things about what's going on. Defenses look good. And usually the way it works in training camp, defense is always up early because it's re reactionary to the offense. It's much simpler to line up and alignment and all those things. So usually the advantage to the defense, and as things go on, it starts to shift this way. Um, to where the offense gets a little bit more of an advantage, especially when pads come on. So, like, I think we've got a lot of good things out there. And some issues, Sam Abaco, he's missed three straight practices as of today with no info. No coaches have said anything. Now, he did appear on the sidelines of the open practice Saturday with a sleeve on his knee. Don't know if that's anything. Um, again, that goes back to uh, Barrows that uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. But it's interesting. Um, and it, but you do have to say this. Sam Bauckham's never missed a game in his career. Never missed a game in his career. He, he's, he's a vet, okay? Four years starter experience. Now, staying with the injuries, got to talk about D Ford. Got to talk about him. And I thought this was the best. Like, they gave him a chance to talk to the press. And the question was, and you'll hear the back end of this question. Did you ever think about retiring, D. Ford? Oh, man, you can feel this one. Did you consider retiring at any point? If so, how close did you? Hell no. And no. No. I put in too much work. Uh, I haven't put my best ball on tape yet. So, uh, you know, this is my life. This is what I do. You know? Not only no. Not only hell no. Hell no and nah. <laughs> Like, that's beautiful. Um, I love the passion, and I'm pulling for him cautiously. Um, he, he went all through all the different back issues he's had. He had two back surgeries, can't have a third one. And, like, uh, if you get anything, if you get anything from D, anything, it's a huge win. And I'm going back to the D.C. here, D'Amico, talking about what the journey that D Ford has been on. It was just good to see D back out there. You know, I just understand how 
how it is going through injuries and being just feel like an outcast almost where it's just, man, always in the training room, pushing forward. So it's just first and foremost, it's an accomplishment just for him just to be back out there. And he's done a uh, good job with the reps that he's been given. He's done a good job. He's he's moving forward, progressing every day. So just excited for him and where where he can go, just taking it one day at a time with him. But so far, so good. He's looked really well. It's, that's all you can go with. It's looking good so far. Slowly bring him back. And later on in the press conference, D Ford was asked, when will it be in the past? And when will you know you're back? He said, when I get that set. When I get that set. And that's what we're all waiting for. Charlie, I want to say thank you again for the gift. Um, I love Charlie's turning into my resident historian. Um, do you remember the 90s, Niners 94 championship and memories from that Boy, can I tell you what, uh, little fat chubby John Chapman, I think I was 13 years old when that game was played, um, in da- you know, I was living in Dallas, Texas, and so that was huge one, not only the 94 championship game, that was the, the NFC championship game, but then the Super Bowl itself, and I remember that next year, I had a lot of posters in my room, but my favorite poster I've ever had, I wish I still had it, was the Jerry Rice scoring the touchdown, he scored three touchdowns that game. And it had a list of all of his um, records at to that point. He added to it. And then it said Jerry Rice, and it had the Nike Swish logo, and it said just did it. It, it was like my favorite thing that I owned. And so, yeah, it, living in Dallas when the Niners won that championship, oh, man, again, Fat John Chapman middle school was just pumped, man, walking around head high and just talking so much trash. Kind of like what Don Burr tries to do, except we were on the winning side. Uh, that's what it was like. So thank you, Charlie. Uh, nice blast from the past there. Uh, Devin, I love it. Um, Devin is the man. He has been a huge um, help to the 40 Dyers Rush podcast, getting to where it is and helping with some formation things. He says, uh, looking forward to Chicago, brother. First 40 Dyers game in my life. I'll be rocking out with the podcast and your two other brothers. And, man, they are some fireballs in that uh, Gaten family. And I'm so pumped to meet everybody and hang out and have fun in person. And yeah, so again, you know, we've got lots of stuff planned moving forward. Don, uh-oh, listen to this. Thank you for the gift, Don. And I thank you for not only the financial gift, but for the gift of just showing up and freaking trying to take on everybody WrestleMania style. He says, Detroit 28, he said 49ers with like a whimsical kind of like, you know, whatever name, 13. Detroit first everybody. I don't think it has to be Detroit first everybody. Well, try winning, try getting second in your division first before you take on everybody. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, you you kind of do your thing, Don. You just keep shooting your shot, bro. I, I believe in you, man. And even though your team's never made it to the Super Bowl, I think you're putting out some Super Bowl effort. So I, I respect that, Don. I like it. Now, one other thing that I want to talk about, uh, I'm going to have to start looking up like Detroit Lions trivia just so I can understand like why people feel this way. Uh, <laughs> their team, but that's okay. Uh, Juwan Jennings, who would have guessed that this guy, you know, started training camp, he was on the COVID list and all that stuff and he's struggling. Man, he's come out and put up back-to-back-to-back good practices. And he's got some nice highlight reels in one-on-ones and in team. Um, he won a handful of reps versus Jimmy Ward in one-on-ones. Jimmy Ward shutting almost everybody down, not big man Juwan Jennings. And on top of that, they even ran an end around to Juwan Jennings in team. You know, that big slot role. 
Back-to-back years, they draft Jalen Hurd. Then they go get Jawan Jennings. They want a big physical slot wide receiver, not the small shifty Trent Taylor type. They're trying to move away from that. Jawan Jennings put up some things. Now, and here's kind of the issue and why I want to bring this up. Keeping six wide receivers is going to be tough. I don't think the 49ers will keep seven because I think you'll be able to stash some of these guys on the practice squad. I don't think any of these guys are really getting poached. But, man, listen, this if if John Chapman, which thankfully for you guys and the rest of the 49ers faithful, we're making this decision right now. If I had to pick six wide receivers right now, he, here's what I would do, okay? Ayuk and Debo, they're locks. After that, it gets a little bit up in the air. I think Mohamed Sanu has done enough to be the wide receiver three currently. If the 49ers started a game tomorrow, Sanu would be starting. Then after that, I think Sherfield's in no matter what because of special teams and not only special teams, he is a burner. He's a straight line, deep wide receiver. And he has had lots of highlights from Jimmy Garoppolo and from Trey Lance. So both quarterbacks are hitting him deep. So I think he would be the next one in, and they've paid him, you know, enough to where his his contract's guaranteed to make this roster. I'm telling you that right now, financially. Then I'm going upside. I'm taking Jalen Hurd, hashtag Hurdwatch, and Jawan Jennings. Those would be my six. That leaves Richie James out, which I don't like. I think Richie James has a better shot to make this roster than Jawan Jennings do, does. But I'm telling you right now, we know what Richie James is. There, there's no, we know what that ceiling is. Perhaps he could surprise us a little bit more. We have no clue the ceiling that Juwan Jennings has. And so, you know, neither one of those guys are starting. They're going to be a backup. I'm telling you right now, man, that would be my six. Debo, Ayuk, Sanu, Hurd, Sherfield, and Jennings. That's what I would choose to roll out with. Now, this competition is very far from over. And wide receiver is going to be fought four and one on the preseason field which is very, very important on the preseason field. So I, I think that's kind of key. And just, uh, man, could you imagine our team walking away from Richie James? Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. All right, real quick word. Here we go. Super Fantasy League time. Oh, man, I'm excited about this one. Over half of the emails and comments that I get out there are all about fantasy leagues and dynasty league startups. Well, here we got. This is going to be incredible. The 49ers Rush Super Fantasy League. We did some charity leagues last year, and that was fun. This has unlimited potential. It's only $25. Bucks. $25 is going to be a redraft league. And what we're going to do, if you're familiar with the Scott Fishbowl and the fantasy correspondent and all that stuff that goes on there, it's going to be similar to that. So it's a 10-man league, okay? What happens is for every 10-man league, there's going to be several. Top four make the playoffs. Whoever wins at the playoff structure that's going to be traditional there, if you're your league champion of your 10-man league, you go into a super playoff versus all of the other league's champions, and we're going to roll over a little bit of the payment that comes through that for the super league as well. So if you finish first or second in your league, you get paid. And if you win your league, you can win again in the Super League. It's going to be an absolute blast. So here's how you get in. You have to pay first, okay? It's only 25 bucks. I paid my entry fee. My son's going to be playing as well. Um, and all you got to do is follow the link for League Safe, okay? It's in this description of this video. That way, no money's exchanging hands between people. It goes into League Safe. They hold it, and they divvy out payments. Make sure you fill out your email 
Um, once you make your payment on Lease Safe, that's how you'll get invited to the draft itself. It's going to be an absolute blast. And my friend Steve Spacrotelli, he's going to be helping me set this up and commission all these different leagues. Guys, we could have 120 people and have 10 separate leagues. This is going to be incredible. The main reason why I'm doing this one, I love fantasy, but to build community. That's what it's about. The people that were in the charity leagues last year have a better relationship with them. And they talk amongst themselves, and it's absolutely incredible. So that's what we're doing here. 49ers Rush Super League. Go click the click the league safe link in this video. Put your $25 in and you're in. That's all it's going to take. Excited to destroy all of you. And we're picking up a lot of steam with uh, the Fantasy League. We've already got almost four divisions full. John Taylor's full. Uh, the Garrison Hurst division's full. The Steve Young division's full. We're almost full with the Ronnie Lott division. Next up, we're starting to populate the Bill Walsh division. Uh, this is going to be fun, man. Uh, I'm pretty pumped. Now, a handful of you guys signed up on League Safe but didn't put your money in. You got to pay uh, your $25. Once that's in, then you're golden. Um, now, first thing, or last thing, I should say, before we, we jump off the podcast today, and again, just want to say thank you. Everybody that's been with us has been a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate all the comments back and forth. Make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet, we need you guys with us all year long. Um, I want to talk one of the kind of odds and ends, perhaps. One of the things that keeps standing out to me is Colton McKivitz. If you've been with us this offseason, I, I said, I mean, I think Colton McKivitz is going to be the swing tackle. Even though he played guard last year, I think he's got to move back to tackle. The 49ers don't know what, what to do with him. And it seems like they're kind of using him as a Daniel Brunskill light. <laughs> um, so last week he was at right guard for a day. Then he was at left guard for a day. Now he's back at right tackle. Uh, that's from Barrow's write-up. He's all over the place. And it seems like they want Colton McKivitz to make this roster. I, I think that he is going to make it. But... Injuries will determine what position he plays. So, you know, I, I think that the swing tackle is going to be Jalen Moore, of all people. Who would have guessed? Uh, they draft him. They say they're going to play him at guard. He's been excelling at tackle. They're going to keep him out there. But if one injury takes place, whether it's an interior lineman or a tackle, that's where Colton McKivitz will go to. So uh, another thing to pay attention to, because I think we'll see some, I think we'll see one preseason game where he'll be inside. I think we'll see another preseason game where he's going to be outside. And he's going to need some help because it seems like they're basically saying, hey, Colton McKivitz, you know, a fifth-round pick last year, I believe, maybe sixth round, um, you are our backup everything. And so besides center, I don't think he's taking snaps at center. That's going to be the thing to keep an eye out for. And again, this old line is deep. If we cut Colton McKivitz, he will be picked up. So I don't fully expect that to happen. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. But this is, again, the 49ers have a deep roster. There's two types of teams in the NFL. There's teams during cutdown time that bring in players that are cut, and there's team at cutdown time that lose players that are cut. The 49ers are the latter. Now, Detroit, for example, they might be picking up somebody that we let go on the offensive line. That offensive line is actually pretty good. Detroit, the one good thing I'd say about their team, their D-line is pretty legit. Um, outside of that, yeah, it's what it is. That's all there is. But that's going to do it for us today. One more week. Not even a week. Saturday, we play the Chiefs, guys. We play the Chiefs Saturday. Now, uh, let me say this. The kind of paramount episode that we do is right after the games. And we're going to be doing that this Saturday as well. Um, so we play the Chiefs at 530 this Saturday. 
But understand this. I'm going to be hosting an event in Canton, Ohio at the Pro Football Hall of Fame Saturday. Um, so I might be a little tipsy. <laughs> I might be on my phone. I'm trying to secure how this is going and, you know, watching the game and get my notes in and all that stuff. But I'm going to find a way. I don't care. I will be going live after the game. Uh, if you haven't subscri subscribed to YouTube, that's the one that 100% will be live. I'm still working out the kinks to go mobile with my phone across all platforms, uh, but it's been a little tricky. Uh, but I'm 100% positive I will be able to get the YouTube live feed up um, from my mobile device no matter where I'm at. I'm bringing all my computer and equipment with me, but there's a chance I won't be able to set up everything in time and all that stuff. So uh, we will be live Saturday against the Chiefs right after the Kyle Shanahan press conference, so look for that. But as always, guys, just want to say thank you. Absolutely blast of a show today, and I want to say thank you guys for bringing the energy. Uh, I love it, man. Um, and until next time, stay strong, faithful. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.